You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. What's up, Packer fans? Welcome to Packers Total Access. My name is Clayton Bailey. You can check us out on Packernet.com. You can find me on Twitter at Packers underscore access. If you'd like to email the show, you can send a message to Packers Total Access at gmail.com. And this is obviously the Packers Total Access postgame show. Might feel a, a little bit like a funeral today, but we're going to do our best to get through it. And I, I'm joined alongside my good buddy, Jacob, from the uh, Packernet Fantasy Podcast. Jacob, you doing all right over there, brother? You holding up? Uh, I'm good, man. It was a, uh, I'm not gonna lie. That was a, that was, that was a deflator if I've ever been in part of one. And, um, I'm, I'm doing my best to put on a happy face and we're going to keep on keeping on. And, uh, we're going to talk about this game, even if it makes us want to cry a little bit inside and curl up in a ball and take a hot shower while we rock back and forth. But besides that, I'm doing great, man. How are you? (laughs) Hey, I'm great, man. I'll tell you this. I'm going on about four hours of sleep. Yeah, um, we rolled in. We, we went to the Kentucky Wildcat game. This is if, if you Packer fans think your weekend was rough. And I'm a Packer fan, too. I don't say that as if I'm not a Packer fan. I was going to say I got in the car, went up to see my, my beautiful little baby niece. Right. She's a brand new baby. Um, awesome. Awesome time there visiting my sister. And then we go up to Lexington, Kentucky to watch the Wildcats play the South Carolina Gamecocks. Completely sold out game. I'm going with the intent. I'm going to watch Will Levis play. You know, he's projected right now. The consensus big board has him as the number six overall prospect next year's draft. So I was kind of excited about that. Well, he uh, broke a finger last week, so he didn't play. So we've got a a red shirt freshman in the game. I'm thinking, hey, look, you know what, man? We're a run-heavy team. They run LaFleur and Shanahan-style system. They've got an offensive coordinator that came from the San Francisco 49ers uh, a couple years ago, I believe. Excuse me. But – I'm thinking, yeah, we'll run the ball. We'll lean on that. You know, everything will be fine. The very first play from scrimmage, Jacob, they run a reverse play. South Carolina swats it out of the guy's hands. They score with 13, like 13 seconds into the game. Kentucky had the ball first, and South Carolina somehow goes up 7 to nothing. So they never look back. With that being said, we, we get back. Uh, last night we're on our way back, and we're thinking, we'll just drive it the whole way. We don't get as far as London, Kentucky. And I'm London, like, I'm- Kentucky. I'm like, I'm done, dude. Let's grab a hotel room. Let's just let's wrap it for the night. You know, we're done. So I don't even remember laying down, Jacob. I wake up and I'm in this hotel that is one of the grimiest hotels I've ever seen. <laughs> and and I'm kind of bougie, man. Several up, horror movies were shot there at this hotel. Oh, absolutely, dude. <laughs> I, I grew up like 
a little bit rough. So as as I got older and, and took responsibility of my life and my finances, I'm like, man, there's some places I'm never going to stay again. Well, there I was last night. And I woke up this morning, dude. Like I said, I, I woke up and I'm in the, the buffet line at the breakfast, the continental breakfast. And I'm down there at this breakfast line. And I'm just confused. Like, where's the orange juice? Where's the orange juice? And and and, and here comes this guy. He walks by. He's a hotel guy. He's the you know I'm talking about these cheap hotels, Jacob. They they run the front desk. They cook the food. They wash oh, the laundry. No. They do everything. Bro, he he comes walking up. And he stag. I, I'm staggering into the breakfast room, right? And he said, "What are you looking for?" And he says it like this: "What you look for?" You know, because I'm in Kentucky. Right? I'm back home. I said, "Look for the orange juice." He said, "It's right in front of you. If I had a bigger machine, you wouldn't be able to fit it on the table." I, I literally look at him. I'm like, don't make me brush your teeth, dude. Like, get away from me. I'm not in the mood right now. Like, I'm, I was, oh my God. Anyway, so that's how my day went. And here we are. We watched the Packers play. And unfortunately, this is a post game show. We lose 27 to 22. I was kind of surprised because I cut it off at the end of the, uh, when, when the Giants got the possession there at the end of the game and, and loaded it back up. I'm like, oh, what, what, how did we, why is it 27 22? And then I, I found out about the safety later. So I was kind of on the road. We're going to can do I, a uh, recap this and I give quick, you a podcast can I for you. Quick interrupt what's real quick? Yeah. Just to make us a little bit happier, Justin Fields just ran for a would be almost 60 yard scramble touchdown. Got called back because Justin Fields sucks and the Bears sucks. And there was a holding call. So now it's a second and eight. So everybody just feel a little better about yourself. <laughs> it's not, it's not completely over. We, we don't get the why. It, it was a, it was an amazing run. It was called back for a uh, penalty. So at least there's that. Go ahead, Clayton. Sorry. Gotcha. Yeah, it looks like uh, watching this in real time here. Um, Vikings are up 21 to 19. The Bears have the ball, 11 minutes left in the game. So, obviously, right here, guys, we're, we're Bear fans. We want, we want the Bears right to pull now. this out and <laughs> have the Vikings uh, drop to three and two just like us, right? That's the goal. So, anyway, we're going to get into the game. Before we do, I just want to say this. We're, we do have a giveaway that's active right now, guys. Um, we're going to be giving away an autographed Quay Walker jersey. And all you got to do – is uh, go to my Twitter page, it's at Packers Access, click on my page, follow the account. You'll see a tweet that's pinned at the top of the page, same as we did for the last giveaway with Drew's Seizure Service Dog, where we gave away the uh, the tickets to the Monday Night Football uh, game there in December that we're going to be attending. Um, but like I said, this is an autographed Quay Walker jersey from Pristine Auctions. And um, just go to my Twitter page, find that pinned tweet, retweet it, and make sure you're following the account. That's going to enter you into the contest one time to win that. Now, just like with the last one, the last contest, Jacob, what we're doing is we have attached a uh, kind of a GoFundMe, if you will, a foundation that you can support. That's one of the things we want to do on this show is make sure that we are giving back and and doing things in a manner where we're just adding a little bit more value to other people. And the one we picked, I'm really excited about. You can actually sure. find it uh, pinned to Pack Daddy's uh, Twitter page. But here's the tweet, what it says. It says, it's been great supporting causes over the years with the podcast. I'm excited to be able to support my dad and his ministry this year. If you're looking to give, I'd love if you consider giving to Fertile Ground Ranch Discipleship Ministries. Okay, so what you're going to want to do, guys, if you want to enter yourself into that contest multiple times to win that autographed Quay Walker jersey and you want to give to a good cause, you just go to FertileGroundRanch.org forward slash give. And for every $5 that you donate to that organization, um, we are actually going to enter you into the contest one additional time. So it's a sweet jersey. It's the uh, the away white, which is personally my favorite Packer jersey. And it's a Beckett-style jersey, like I said, autographed by oh, Clay cool. Walker, 
authenticity, all that stuff along with it. That's so awesome. with that being said, Jacob, let's talk about this game, my man. Yeah. Um, and let's see if we can get through it without <laughs> getting angry at each other and, and, and making this absolutely miserable for the listeners. But mm-hmm. um, first thing I want to say is also oh. in, the Lions, in the Lions game earlier, guys, oh, we got a fight in the Buffalo game. That was cool. Bear, Bears um, just won up 22-21, 9 left in the fourth. There we go. See, guys, look, we're let's about to go. first place in the <laughs> <clears throat> All right. So th- thoughts and prayers go out to uh, Savion Smith. I believe it's, I'm saying his name right. And his family, uh, he left the Lions game, actually had a real strange injury. Um, if you guys seen it, he kind of – it wasn't a hard hit, just a just a gradual bump at the line, I believe, on a tight end. He's a DB. And he just kind of went limp. And it, it did, to me, it didn't look like a concussion. It just looked like something wasn't right. And I, I was – I was a little worried it might be a heart issue or something like that, but they did call the family down to go to the ambulance and all that, and uh, hmm. it just didn't look good. I didn't the see that. Things. Was it? Was it? Um, it was. You said it wasn't a head-to-head type of thing. It was more of just a. No, it was just like a gradual graze, and, and when I look back at it, I think it was a neck injury, and they're confirming now that it was a neck injury that he does have filling, I believe, in his extremities, is what I've seen more recently. But check for yeah. yourself. I'm no doctor, and I obviously I haven't followed it too close. I just want to say that guys put things into perspective, man. That's a scary moment when you're, when your dad or your uncle, whoever it was yeah. had to be called onto the field and, and taken into the ambulance ambulance with him because he wasn't Gosh. responding. That's there's a, a lot of things that are a little more serious, uh, you know, than wins and losses in football, although I take them as hard as anyone. Right. So man, that's crazy. with that yeah. being said though, man, um, <clears throat> this game, Jacob, Dude, once again, it, it's it's being proven that defenses are allowing teams to to run, knowing they won't stay with it, and that's what you've seen today. God, the Packers, they yeah. the run game, in my opinion, wasn't as strong as it has been in the past. I think uh, I think Aaron Jones averaged a little over four yards per carry. I believe AJ Dillon averaged a little over five. That's enough to get it done. Don't get me wrong, and we should have stayed with the run. However, however, you could just tell the Giants were like, you know what, let's uh let's let them have what they got in the run. And um, they would they would stack the box from time to time, but just because you stack the box doesn't mean you're playing the run. They were bailing out. They were playing coverage. Is what I seen on the road watching the game. But um, that's where we got to start it, Jacob. Man, give me your thoughts there. Initial thoughts. The fact that we kind of got away from the running game there in the second half for sure. Number one, can't see if you can see it here. Got away from the run. Literally the first <laughs> thing I put on my freaking page. Other than the Fertile Gun Ranch, which, by the way, just another plug. It's really cool. The, uh, I, I realize – I don't realize that it's almost been almost five years since I've listened to Ryan. So over those years, guys, we've been able – our audience has given tens of thousands of dollars to certain causes. And I just think that's really awesome. It should be highlighted. Uh, Ryan's father is doing that whole awesome mission there. And I just think that's a really, really good cause. So that's just a quick highlight. And, again, first note, got away from the run. Exactly what I said. I'm sitting there with um, – we went to a local place called uh, Big Guys Barbecue, which is the uh, competitor in Hudson for my barbecue place, but it's owned by another great person, another great business owner, a guy named Jethro. We were there with a couple, like, I don't know, 100 Packer fans, got to know a couple guys, real great groups of guys, passed out some business cards for our uh, our Packernet podcast network. We got some Stillwater boys that were there from across the across the river there, so shout out to them. It was... um. It was real tough, man. It was it was a very, very tough loss because I don't want to – we're going to really try to keep this positive, but it, it seems like we're going into a pattern where the Packers come out, first half looks okay. I'm sorry, the first quarter looks okay. The second quarter is the Packers quarter. We score points. We look great. 
we go up maybe, I don't know, 20 to nothing, 20 to seven, whatever the case is. We put up about three to four touchdowns, and then we just we just coast. That's it. We hit cruise control, and I'm just so sick of it, and it makes me sick to my stomach because I, I always hear all gas, no break, and all I've seen since that, like, you know, that all gas, no break stuff is basically the opposite of that. I see a very fast start, and then we coast. And it's just, I don't understand it. I don't get it. Um, it's, it's, it's one of those things where um, it starts to get you frustrated. And I've been trying to be as positive as I can for the first four weeks of the season. And I got to deal with my little brother, my father, other negative Packer fans that are texting me every second about, you why would you call this play? To be honest, I don't... I didn't like the play calling in certain situations, to be honest. But um, if we would have executed, I don't think the play calls would be a situ- uh, be be an issue. So it's execution. It's um, I don't know, man. I honestly am at a loss for words. I tried. I wanted to be really prepared and try to figure out some really great analysis to tell you guys, but I just don't have it to be honest because it just seems like it's just it's lacking and just really really weird play-by-play stuff where it feels like certain instances where you would expect a, a veteran to make a play i mean that third down where um rogers just slightly leads uh jones you know where he could have made that circus catch that's a that's a that's a that's a gimme play like why did rogers overthrow him on that you know certain stuff like that but to me it's the defense man it's the defense that on paper we're so good we're so proud of our defense but in certain situations we are just i I'm going to call it out, man. I do not think that Stokes is doing well and it's, it stinks. I don't want to call him out personally, but I don't think Quay Walker's doing well anywhere. And I, I love both those guys and I'm not trying to be a negative guy. I'm just saying they need to step it up. Um, I specifically with Quay Walker and with, with, uh, with Stokes, I specifically saw them both getting burned all day. And it seems like that's becoming a, a very patternish type thing. So Take it over, Clayton, before I start getting more <laughs> negative, because I'm, I'm, I have some good things. I do. <laughs> yeah. No, you know, it's funny. We got home, rolled in. I'm like, yeah, I got to do a post-game show. And, man, I think Mandy could see it in my eyes. You know, it's like, man, that's a tough one. That's a tough one to swallow right there. Man, it's one thing if you just get boat raced and blown out, but when you kind of hand it over like they did in the second half, it's that's- tough. It's really tough. She – put me together a little charcuterie board. She's the master of these charcuterie boards. It made me feel like the little kid. You ever seen that movie, A Christmas Story? Of course. Yeah. It made me feel like the little brother. Remember when he was hiding in the cupboard and the mom handed him the milk and shut the cupboard back? That's what I felt like when she handed Trying to make him boinking to get back into the... (laughs) How does a piggy? Ralphie. (laughs) Anyway, um, I kind of see it. This This is really good. This is good sports talk here because I kind of see it a little bit different than you. Not... Let's go. Not globally, not extreme or anything, but I kind of looked at it the opposite. You know, when you when you talk about, you know, all gas, no breaks, all that stuff, um, for me, the second half should have been geared around the running game. It should be, you know what, we know what they're doing defensively, and I'm sure there were some adjustments made. And, and I really try to refrain from talking very, very detailed on X's and O's and game plan and stuff immediately following the game because I want to watch the tape. Jacob, I couldn't tell you how many times. How many times I was like, I can't believe this happened, or they did that, and I go back and watch the tape, and I'm like, I'm a moron. I did. That's not happened at all. (laughs) But uh, with that being said, man, just getting away from the run in key moments to me, it felt like in the second half, they were just too cocky. They were too arrogant. They were too. They wanted to get cute. They wanted to pile up some stats. You could tell. Okay, look, we got a. I believe they were up. If I remember correctly, they were winning after seventeen. 
right? Yeah, yeah. Was it 17? Was it really? I thought it was 17 at one point. Maybe it it was only 10. I was was thinking it was 10 points coming out of the half, but I could be wrong. No, Um, I think you're right, out of half. But at one point, I believe we were up. No, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so coming out of the half, I'm thinking, you know what, man? Your opponent, and you guys hear me say this, and it sounds so boring, and I know people, it's amazing how when we barely squeak out a win, it's, oh, I just wish we could really score more points and, and dominate a team. But then when you come out and you try to do that, in my opinion, that's what they did with the passing game. They tried to get too cute and get away from the run. Yep. Then all of a sudden you end up losing the game. I would much rather have an ugly win. You know what I mean? In my opinion. Well, here, here's what makes me mad is that Aaron Rodgers straight up when asked in a press conference, you want to come out here and try to light it up and throw some highlights? He said, oh, yeah. And yeah. we saw that. The guy was throwing to no one. And I'm yep. just – that made me very – and when I say uh, all gas, no break, I, I don't mean – Start right. throwing bombs down the field. I I mean what you mean. I mean just like score consistently. Yeah. I mean put them away. Put, Whatever put you got, put them away. And that exactly is. I'm sitting there, like I said, with a hundred Packer fans around me, and every single one of them is yelling, "Run the ball! Give it to Aaron Jones. <laughs> the guy is the best player on our team. He only ended up averaging 4.8 yards after 13 carries for 63. But you can't argue to me that he was he was getting it going, and even Dylan was as well. And I, I, man, it just seemed like we were putting the the ball in Aaron's hands and saying, "Go make some freak plays so that people put some highlights on the, you know." So the NFL Europe really, really, really flies off today, and it's like, I don't like that strategy. I my brother sent me a, a message, and I don't know if this is correct. So Sam, if you sent me this and you're wrong, then you're wrong on 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 live cameras here. So he said that he saw he saw a preview of, gosh, one of those late downs where Matt LaFleur apparently mouth, do you want to pass? And Rogers yes. went back like, we might as well pass kind of thing. Or like, like that to me, that's not a game plan, man. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, you're free balling. And to me, like if the head coach is, I like that he lets Rogers and, and maybe this is another discussion where Rogers quote unquote is changing the play calls and blah, blah, blah. If, if LaFleur, I'm sorry, I'm going to call it. I don't think LaFleur to me, has enough chutzpah. I, I think he needs to take control a bit more. I feel like he is half and half. Him and Rogers are both trying to be the lead dog, and we get this kind of half mold thing where they just say, "Well, why don't you try this?" Okay, I'll try that. Like it's no man. One of you, two of you, say we're running this play. This is the play we're gonna do, and there's no audibles out of it, or I don't know. It just seemed like I don't like the fact that the guys are mouthing, "What if we do this?" And the other guy goes, "Okay, maybe." Like. I, <laughs> What is that? Is that NFL football, bro? Like, I don't know. Maybe it is, but maybe that's how you play if, if you're uh, – is LaFleur younger than Rodgers? Am I crazy? Oh, man. Um, if, if he's they're, not – They're, they're close, right? They're very, very close, yeah. I should know years, that answer, but I don't. Two or three. So, to me, it's like – if I'm an NFL quarterback, a uh, historian, you know, would will for sure be a MVP – all-time leading Hall of Fame quarterback and a guy that, that has eyebrows that aren't even gray yet, you know, that are looking at me <laughs> telling me, hey, man, you should probably do this. I'm looking at him like, yeah, but okay. Like, you yeah. call the plays and I'll, I'll run the plays. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, LaFleur is, uh, LaFleur is four years older than Aaron. Um, 
very close in age. And, and I actually like seen that, and I tweeted exactly what your brother thought he saw. If it's incorrect, we both saw the same thing. And here's how okay. I seen it, Jake. First of all, I'm right, back Sam. <laughs> so here, here is the way I see it. You've got this play call sheet, and you've got this huge game, this this huge playbook, and, and you're installing a game plan, right? And and what you're essentially doing is okay. Here's everything we got at our disposal. How do we want to attack this defense? Here are our medium beaters. Here are our long beaters. Here are our short beaters. Here's our, you know, outside zone run. If we want to run a little power, we got the, you know, all this stuff is in this huge pot. And then when you game plan for a team, you start to put together the play call, right? And when you put together the play call, now you have the play call sheet. And on the play call sheet, it'll say, you know, first, first and 10 plays. Here's a huge list of plays. Second and long plays. Here's a huge list of plays. Second and medium, second and short. Third and long, third and medium, third and short, and so on and so forth. So they've got these plays to call from, and then in a two-minute drill, which was similar to what they were running there, I'm sure that that came into effect too. What essentially happened was Aaron walked to the sideline; his back was to the camera, so I couldn't see what Aaron mouthed. But Aaron said something to Matt Lafleur, and it wasn't demonstrative. It wasn't like they were being negative. They were talking about, okay, what are we going to do here? And Matt Lafleur looks at him; he's listening to Aaron. He said, "You want to pass here?" And it's like he was confirming, do you want to pass? It wasn't like, you want to pass here? It was, right. you you want to pass here? And and Aaron said something again. And then Matt LaFleur once again said, you want to pass? And Aaron said, yes, I guess. And then Matt LaFleur went to his play call sheet. And what did we see? Two straight passing plays. Now, so here's the thing. Now, what LaFleur came out and said, as a matter of fact, I've got it right here. Let's play LaFleur. I'm going to go ahead and share my screen, Jacob, so avoid the yes, echo. Sir. Yes, sir. Yep. I'm going to share yep. the screen here. And we're going to play what LaFleur actually said. Um, so you guys can hear it yourself better in certain areas. And then, um, you know, we just, it's just disappointing. No, we had a run pass option on and they, they loaded the box and went cover zero and we figured that's what they're going to do. And unfortunately had two bad of passes. Uh, it just depended upon what they were giving us. You know, we like I said, we had a lot of run pass cans and they played a lot of single high and manned us up. And it's, you know, do you want to run into a loaded box or do you want to tr try to get it through the air? And unfortunately, that that, that didn't work for us. So, um, like I said, give credit, you know, Winks, a guy I totally I got a lot of respect for. And he outcoached us in the second half and they outplayed us. Do you feel like you're, you abandoned your identity a little bit there with, with all the running, or did you make the right calls? Yeah, i got to look at it. But certainly, um, you know, when, when the results don't go your way, um, it's only fair. You know, you could, you could argue we scored no points in the second half. So, obviously, it, the plan that uh, and the play calls that I gave weren't, weren't good enough. All right, so here's the deal. First of all, going on with what he just said, that's exactly what happened. Now, yeah. think about this, Jacob. I want you to think back last week. There was a play that happened last week late in the game. And, and this this isn't directed towards you. This is directed towards Packer fans as a whole, myself included from time to time. We, if, if he throws that pass and Alan Lazard makes that back shoulder throw or back shoulder catch, we're not talking about this. It's Aaron's done it again. Matt LaFleur, great play call. All those things come into effect. Now, I want you to remember last week what happened. Do you remember the Romeo Dobbs back shoulder throw late in the game? Yeah. 
and we were coming up off the couch, baby. Heck yeah, what a play call. What a, All those things, right? As frustrating as it is in the moment, if you go back and watch it, and I did, on when that happened, I went back and watched the very end of the game, and sure enough, the box is loaded, and he has a one-on-one, -on -one, two plays in a row, and both times the ball gets batted down. Now, to me, I don't look at that and go, why are we passing the ball there? Initially, I was like, bro, you had – you had literally two plays to gain two yards. Now ESPN is saying it was only one yard, but you know according to their box score, their scoring drive, you know information. But on the screen it said uh, two yards. You had two plays to go two yards. Initially, I'm like, run the freaking football, run the freaking football, right? But when you look at the matchup, and again, if Alan Lazard makes that catch, if it doesn't get batted down, Alan Lazard makes that catch. It's a whole different ball game, right? What I do. Personally, I'm looking at it going kudos to Brian Dayball and his coaching staff and Wink Martindale because you could tell, especially late in that game, that all week long, Jacob, they worked on get your hands up, get your hands up and bat the ball down. And I couldn't tell you how many times this year I would watch Aaron complete pass after pass after pass. And I remember telling myself, thank God these people are too stupid to realize all they got to do is put their hands in the throwing lane, right? So – it, it gets a little bit. It's a little push bit back tricky. a little bit. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, was it me or was uh, again our right tackle, Mr. Elton Jenkins, expose this game? Because to me, guy did not look like he was. He's on skates, man. Again, and yeah. uh, that last, those last two throwaways, I'm not going to blame that on Elton because it looked like they overloaded hard on that side and they went with a corner. They brought a corner off the edge too. They brought. A, I was going to say they brought yeah. almost basically an all blitz on that and. But the way that he spread, and, and then on another, I don't remember if it was that player or if a different uh, towards the end of the game where Jenkins should have took a hard a hard split outside, and he stuttered and took the D tackle on an inside technique, and then had to cover on the D end going around around him, and he ended up forcing Rogers to step up into the pocket, and then just got sacked. Like and it was a a drive killer there, and I just to me, I really do want Jenkins to kick back inside. I want to see how that goes. I want to see him take over maybe Runyon, or I'm sorry, uh, Newman's job there. I want to see what Yash can do at right tackle. At this point, I'm done with this experiment with, with Newman. And um, I just – I don't have a lot of confidence in him. And I don't know if it was something that had to do with the injury that, that Elton Jenkins, for whatever reason, is not at the level that he was. And uh, this is not an Elton Jenkins hate session or anything like that. The guy was a guard. He was a center pr predominantly in college. The fact that he could do, uh, you know, a right tackle or a left tackle and did it well was, I think, just a gift from God. You know what I mean? Like the, for that situation, for that year. And I don't think we should expect him to just be a right tackle. He, you just plug him in. Now he's a right tackle in the NFL league after coming off a very major injury. I think that we should maybe kick him back inside and just see what happens. Yash is a very good player. I think Ryan spot off some stats where like SIS stats says that Yash is, man, he's he's right up there with one of the best tackles in the league, if not, you know, top 10 or whatever it was, about the SIS stats. So um, I would more than love to have Yash going uh, right tackle. And Bakhtiari is back to his old self, according to SIS as well. Um, the guy does not – he has no missed blocks. Um, it, it, no missed blocks in the pass game. And then I thought I saw that Yash had no missed blocks in the – the run game as well. And then we got our guy, John Running Jr., who has no missed blocks 
at all on a pass rush set. So it's like, we have really, really good offense. We need to start calling plays to dictate, you know what I'm saying? Like to, to mimic how our offense is running, you know what I'm saying? So like, yeah. let's utilize the, the things we're good at. And I just don't see us doing that. And that's, I'm very upset with the play calling in this game, if I have to be honest. Yeah. And, and the thing, the thing about that is you can't, you can't blame LaFleur and you can't blame Rogers because you've got to blame them both. This it's, a, is, yeah, it's a weird this it's a, agreement. It's a, this is, this is, the coaching staff and it's it's again i'm gonna i'm gonna say it over and over and over there was no complaining when aaron Rodgers won back-to-back mvps they're doing the same exact thing but here's the thing about the national football league it's a copycat league and these players these teams these coaching staffs have watched all off season and i guarantee you one of the key things that was mentioned was when he starts this short passing game rpo system if we load the box and force yeah. him to swing it out and throw these RPOs. Get your hands in the throwing lanes, guaranteed. So can I say one other thing quick? Savage yeah. again. I just I see this guy just missing tackles. All Dude, the time. Savage is hot garbage. I'm sorry. He's. I, I'm sure he's a great guy. I could never play any sport at the level that he plays. Obviously, the fifth I'm option a, to me is just. I'm a fat country. I, I don't even understand it. This dude, yeah, he's in. When he when they signed him to the fifth year option. My response was, and, and like I said, we got people that still run victory laps. I told you he was a good player. They're going to say, I didn't look at that as a good thing. I literally looked at it like that's probably them giving him a play it out year, and they don't like what they see. That's the way show I see. us we're show us we're wrong about you kind of year, and I don't think they're wrong because right now I, I didn't see nothing. Hey, U.S. Cellular customers, I've got good news, so don't hit skip forward just yet. I'm talking about their special customer event, Us Days. What's us days? It means exclusive offers just for their customers, just to say thanks, like up to $1,200 to upgrade to any new phone. No, I didn't just misread that. That's up to $1,200 off. They must really like you. Us days at U.S. Cellular, exclusive offers just for you, just to say thanks. Right now, U.S. Cellular customers get up to $1,200 to upgrade to any new phone. Terms apply. I, yeah, he, he missed the tackle. There was, there was one huge play. It was the Saquon, the huge uh, play there. When Saquon, I believe it was actually uh, Saquon came out of the back door. Maybe he was flexed out wide. It was somewhat of a crosser. When I say crosser, he could have come out of the backfield and run, you know, like an angle or a Texas or something like that. But he caught it. Savage comes up, should have made the tackle, completely missed the tackle. I understand Saquon Barkley, but that's also a first-round safety that just got a fifth-year option. As if, you know, some people think that he's the the second coming of Nick Collins, and it's just not the case. I want to say also that um, he's the one that uh, got the Rashawn Gary sack called back, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong, but it was something going on in the secondary that, that Rashawn Gary would have had one sack in every game going into week five, you know, and uh, I don't believe he ended up having an actual sack after that. So it was, you know, it was just it was just a crushing, <laughs> soul-deadening game all around. I mean, but there was good stuff. I, I don't want to sit here and talk about there was nothing good. I mean, um, Jair, you know, he had that great tackle for a loss right off the bat. You know, we got we got really hyped. You know, there was some good stuff going on. Dobbs looked great right initially. We thought, oh, this is going to be a Dobbs game, right? He's catching stuff, turning around, catching it over his back shoulder. He's doing everything. Um, you had Tawny getting involved. You had Lazard doing a short tie, uh, touchdown. And then, yeah, it, it just kind of um, the insecurities and the and the and the stuff that we just knew was going to kill us, ended up killing us. And it was, again, yeah, Savage, Stokes, Quay, 
Gary should have had the sack. Deguara, I think, had the best game of his season this year. Deguara had back-to-back game uh, plays where he was like, yeah, that's the guy we drafted right there. That's what we want him for, being yeah. that H-back, kind of tight end guy, slot, you know, different type of person that can – I didn't realize one of the uh, one of the Stillwater guys that we're saying was, he goes, yeah, but he's six foot nothing. And I'm like, yeah, that's exactly why we have him. He's that H-back kind of tight end, you know, hybrid. That's exactly right. why we have him there. That's And he's doing that. Um, man, I just, I, Cobb, why don't we keep going to Cobb? If we're going to keep forcing stuff, <laughs> Cobb was killing it, man. And I go to my second note and I go, keep running Jones. That's where I'm at. I'm in the second quarter with my notes now. So yeah. yeah and the thing that got me about the defense, I'll say this is, uh, you know, they, these teams know how to beat this Vic Fangio defense in the passing game. And that's with crossers period case close. You, you see it. Every single week, any team that runs this Fangio-style uh, defense, the crossers are where they're vulnerable. If a quarterback has enough time to sit in the pocket or create enough space to allow the second window of that crosser to open up, yeah. it's game on. And that's why you always see these safeties and typically the, the nickel corner trailing so far behind is because this defense isn't set up like that. It isn't. It's it's that's how you beat it. So you've got to make that adjustment. And a lot of that blame, in my opinion, falls on Joe Barry. Period. You've you've got to be able to adjust. And and here's what's crazy. Last week, correct me if I'm wrong, but last week Rudy Ford played his you know what off. Yeah. Right? Yes, he did. And then all of a sudden Adrian Amos is back in the lineup and it's back to the duo of Savage and Amos. And what happens? Yeah. Daniel Jones comes out and lights it up. It's yeah. like and did you see that? Did you see that Saquon Barkley run where Amos is basically running, just looking at him for yeah. 20 yards before he decides to cut it back inside? And I'm just like, dude. He was really? trying to he was trying to He's trying to him. cut him off, but he was trying to funnel him in. He knew that yep. there was nobody else on the sideline side, right? So he was trying to funnel it's him just, back in. But I understand your frustration. I was like, you're a defense, you're a strong safety. You're supposed to attack the ball carrier. And it was just kind of like, oh, let me get back. Let me try to make – I don't know, man. Again, if you're going to make mistakes, make them big. But when you – this defense, Sam Holman said it best. I think he said it on Twitter. Um, If I remember correctly, he tweeted it out. It's like this – they're not playing the same style of defense that Denver Broncos played under Fangio. Denver Broncos were very aggressive on attacking the ball, and these guys are just kind of – We don't blitz. We don't blitz at all. Like – yeah. And I'm okay with that. I'm I, I'm personally okay with that, Jacob. What I'm talking about is I want to send it. it comes to I want to send one more. That's what I want to do. Once the ball is thrown, once the run is underway, attack the freaking ball. That's yeah. And these guys, there was a couple of times I seen Quay Walker do that, and you could tell it wasn't that Quay didn't want to make the tackle. It wasn't that Quay didn't know he needed to come up. You could tell he was coached. He was coached to be like front stay of back. Keep it in yeah. front of him. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So yep. that's frustrating. So, again, the crossers is well, what made it up on my list. Can I Go highlight ahead. one thing that I think that you will actually love as well? Um, that awesome play, that Mercedes Lewis touchdown, though, that had oh, yeah. The, yeah. The, the the Jets motion and then the fake to Dylan. So right away you think, right away it's, oh, my God, Christian. I believe it was Christian Watson, if I'm not mistaken. If it wasn't, it was someone doing that Jets motion. So right away the defense thinking, okay, we got to watch the motion guy. Then they do the fake handoff inside to Dylan, and then – Oh, it was so beautiful. Then yeah. Big Dog just kind of floats outside and literally just kind of backpedals back, you know, and gets back and just open wide open. And that was, to me, the most brilliant. That That's the way that the play calling should be because we utilize every single aspect of our offense. I don't understand why Christian Watson isn't on a Jets motion almost every single play. 
and why we don't have the double back and why we have Rogers or I'm sorry, uh, Jones going one way and Dylan going another. And then at the same time, we got either Lazard or Watson or Dobbs doing a crosser route. That's all we need, man. That's all we need. You go one guy going, taking him deep, taking the safety deep. You do another crosser. You do another one that's doing a slant. And then you got two backs or a tight end that's coming across the other side. I don't get it. Why are we just running up the gut like, or a draw, or we're just doing the most basic stuff. I don't understand this as a, as a fan. It's just, it's, it's hard to watch, but it's, it's, <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I told hey, you man. I wasn't going to get on one, but Dude, hey, it's one of those games, man. And it happens. My, my point is, and again, not that you did this, but, and I'm as, I'm as frustrated and as disappointed as anyone, but I watched all week long on Twitter. It was as if there was no way we could lose this game. And you'll hear me on the pod, man. Giants hey, are confident. three and one. On paper, on paper, this team looks like we should handle them, right? Everything about it. Head coaching matchup, you know, quarterback head to head, edge rushers, all those things that I think are important looks good. But I always end it with on any given Sunday, oh. anything can happen. And especially if you do what I'm about to talk about right here. Fourth quarter, 10 minutes left. Now you're down 27 to 20, right? But you've got 10 minutes in the ball game, and you've ran the ball effectively. Not like they have in the past, but you've been effective with the run. They literally came out, and it was deep pass, middle, medium middle pass, deep pass, three and out. And it was like, I, I remember when they came to the line. I know exactly where we were at. We were rolling through Bean Station, Tennessee, baby. And I'm looking <laughs> on my phone, and I'm going, right, let's run the ball. Let's come out. Let's run the ball. Pass. Aaron, Please get away from the RPO for a second. Forget the pass aspect of the RPO, and let's just let's lean on the run for a touch. Then across the middle, beautiful throw to Cobb, beautiful route by Cobb, but the defender just made a lots-out play, right? And you've got to give it to Brian Dayball. Brian Dayball, you know, his, his coaching staff did an excellent job in this game. When you look at it, Aaron did not give the game away. Right. Look, I'm going to I'm going to read Aaron's stats here real quick. Right. Twenty five of thirty nine, two hundred twenty two yards, two touchdowns, no picks. Right. Like, guys, this what we talk about, the middle eight and the turnover differential. Turnover differential was zero to zero. There were no turnovers in this game from either offenses to the best of my knowledge. Right. So zero to zero turnover differential. And in the middle eight, the Giants won at seven to three. Period. There's your ball game. Right. And and. You know, when it comes to that play call, I was just – I was baffled. And, and it wasn't LaFleur going – and that's what kills me is, uh, Matt LaFleur don't know how to call a game. Matt LaFleur wasn't on the sideline with his play call sheet going, all right, Aaron, let's pass the ball three times here. That wasn't happening. But most people will go, he's the head coach. He needs to step up and say, look, no, here's what we're doing. Okay, you can do that. But that's not the agreement these two have had. And, again, it's worked the last two years. This may be when it unravels. And if it is, now you've got to make the adjustment, right? You've got to do that. But the way I see it right now, I mean, that's the, that's what cost you the game. You know, Brian Dayball, basically, he called the game to win. And to me, it felt like the Packers called the play to try to inflate stats. And and when, when, when I say they called the game to do that, it was more – it felt more like Aaron just at times going, all right, I got a match up here, I'm taking it, rather than – what does the game call for? And and as much as I like Michael Lombardi and love his podcast, he's going to go on this week, Jacob. Michael Lombardi's going to go on. He's going to go, Matt LaFleur didn't call the game to win it. And I'm going to be screaming at my headset going, you big idiot buffoon. He wasn't the one controlling where it was, whether it was a pass or a run at the line of scrimmage. Right. right? That's Aaron. 
So you live with it, you die with it, right? That's just the way it works. Now, going on to that last one I was talking about, Jacob, um, the you want to pass, you want to pass comment, right? You come out there at the very end, and again, you, you you had two plays to go two yards, and you passed it both times. That was not Matt LaFleur's play call. That was Aaron Rodgers. When he said, you want to pass, you want to pass, I guarantee you what he looked at on his play sheet, LaFleur looked on his play sheet and said, okay, which one of these are one-on-one beaters? Because I guarantee you with Aaron's back to the camera, what he said is they're loading the box, they're loading the box. And Matt said, you want to pass, right? You want to pass? Okay, let me find the route where we've got one-on-one with probably Dobbs and Lazard in the X and the Z, and let's take a shot at those one-on-one matchups. You want me to uh, stir the pot right here? Yeah, let's hear it. All right. If Jordan Love is in the game right now, he doesn't <laughs> have. All right, here we go. Here we go. If Jordan Love is the starting quarterback, yeah. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna go there. I'm gonna go there. I, I I understand. We win this game because Aaron Rodgers has no. Aaron Rodgers doesn't get to decide. It's just Matt Lafleur calling the game. I am very convinced that if Matt LaFleur could control Aaron Rodgers the way that he would like the game to go, we'd win every single game. And that's not saying that Rodgers is bad, or I'm just saying that if you could just right, you know, AI into Matt LaFleur's brain brain and you could dictate that into Rodgers throwing motions and everything that he does, I don't believe that you can't convince me that Aaron Rodgers is doing what Matt LaFleur wants him to do. I'm just not gonna you're not gonna convince me of that. So there is a little bit of glimmer of hope if the worst case scenario happens for a lot of Packer fans, if Rogers is gone, blah, blah, blah. I just want to give y'all like, just pump the brakes. It's not like suicide time. It's, it's time to just maybe think that maybe there's a different type of play calling that could happen. And again, I'm not going to say that this is Rogers fault. I'm not saying this is LaFleur's fault. I'm just saying that this is the dynamic between the two of them. And it's clear that they're they're literally on camera going, do you want to do this or do you not want to do this? And the other ones kind of you know they're they're wishwashy. Right. They're not. There's no definite thing going on there. They're they're playing off each other's egos. They're both trying to make each other happy. Yeah, I would bet. I I'm, I I don't want to. Yeah, I'd bet. All right, I'll go out there. Love wins this game if we got him because we would just be a more a, a very more like you run the ball would keep doing what you're doing is is working run the ball we're getting you know five six yards of a pop let's go let roger uh let love throw a couple over the middle whatever it is i'm just saying i know i'm gonna get blasted on this you guys can go ahead and uh tweet at me i'm at green bay beard you can find me on there uh give me your thoughts guys because i I really do (laughs) i am very 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 i I really do think that i think rogers and the floor are a great dynamic duo but i think that they're they're counteracting each other right now. I think their yeah. egos are battling each other, and I, I want to see what would happen if one of the two just has the complete control of the game. Because yeah. And you you stop me if I'm wrong here, okay? But what Jacob is saying, he's not saying Jordan Love gives us a better chance to win. He's not saying No, that. no, no. What he's saying is in that specific scenario, Yes. get all the great times that Aaron has made these calls and made LaFleur look great, right? Yeah. And LaFleur's made him look great from time to time, too, I'm sure. I'm one of those people that I believe on both sides. You know, Bill Belichick, it, it wasn't Tom Brady was the secret and Bill Belichick wasn't. It wasn't Bill Belichick's the secret Tom Brady wasn't. I think they go hand in hand. I think it's two most important parts of the team. But what he's saying is it, the RPO aspect of the offense would not disappear. It wouldn't. But in the, this situation, you come out in the second half, 
LaFleur would have been had a lot more freedom and been a lot more comfortable going, all right, Jordan, listen, you know, here's the RPO call. Let's let's come out and run the rock here. Right. And and he's probably going to go with the run. But yeah. with Aaron at the helm, it's Matt LaFleur going, here's the play call. It's a run pass option. Aaron, do whatever you want. Right. And you know, I, I would definitely put it more on Aaron's shoulders than LaFleur's. But at the same time, we can't get lost in this aspect of the game and pretend like the defense played good. They gave up 27 points. Now, our, our, I'm going to say this. Say, our our defense is, is, is not – I thought it was great, but it's just – I love Quay and I love Devondre Campbell, and it's just – I love Jair. You saw Jair make a couple boneheaded plays. You know, you saw Stokes missing – Missing blocks. He saw Razul, who I thought was just the steady Eddie, and he was missing some, some boat-headed plays, you know? I mean, um, uh, Clayton, do you know, did we come into London with one day ahead, or we like were the guys out there going to the pubs and all that kind of stuff? Is there any indication that was the case, or was that just like a... Um, yeah, you know, honestly, Jacob, I try to stay away from that stuff, but I'll say this. I did hear them say that we'll get a day back when we go back home. So they're playing, they went in and lost today. Right okay. now, as far as the pubs and stuff, I don't know, but I do know this, that the, when, when people were saying this is a home game for the Packers, this no, is a home not. game for the Packers. <laughs> this isn't a home game for anyone. There no. may be more Packer fans there. Right. And and I believe that was the case. Oh, there were about 70% Packer fans. That was pretty cool though. I will say uh, thank you so much for the NFL Europe crowd. You guys are awesome. That was great. That was awesome. Absolutely. Which makes but it when you <laughs> when, when you go across the pond and you're not in your own bed, you're not at your home facilities and all those things, it's not a home game. This was one of those games that you could look at and you could really step back and go, you know what? This could be a trap game. Well, and you know what's more than that is that uh Rogers Rogers is a history buff. When I looked at all the off game, the pre uh, you know, the 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 footage of him, he loved it. He was in his he was loving it. You know what I'm saying? Like he was literally on a vacation. The guy was having a great time. You know, Rogers loves history. He loves traveling. He loves going out and meet new people. So the guy was literally, literally on a vacation. So it's like, yeah, I don't know about you, but I don't, I don't take work seriously when I'm on a vacation. Do you, I mean, have you ever, I mean, Clayton, you were up in what the heck was it? New York. And you let this clown take over your show. I mean, that, that, Let's hey, you know, you know. You know what? That's a great point. Not that you're a clown, but that's that's such a <laughs> that's such a good comparison. Like literally, it's funny how we're like, oh, well, they're a professional. They should be able to take it serious. And here, you know, I anytime any of us go on vacation or something, it's like screw work, dude. My phone is not gonna. Yeah, have you see, you put your call. phone on silent, and you're like, let them figure it out. I'll get back there when I get back there. <laughs> Right. And people were going to bash us and say we're making excuses. This isn't an excuse. Listen, they, no, they came out, no. they underperformed. Once again, though, I'm going to add this caveat, right, that we came out and completely underperformed to a lesser opponent, right? And the play calling got away from us in the second half, and we still only lost by five points. That's what the scoreboard exactly. is. Okay. So they're going to be in it under Matt LaFleur. You're always going to have a chance to win, but we got to we got to stop pretending like – you know, I'm sitting here watching Miami get beat, right? Who's Miami losing to? Have you seen it? I'm trying to think of who it was. It was uh, it was up just a second ago. I'm on the red zone channel. Miami's losing right now. It looks like they're going to drop this game. And, and immediately people go, well, they don't have their starting quarterback. Okay. You can make every excuse in the book. But any given Sunday, anything can freaking happen. 
It's a fact. So it is what it is, man. It is what it is. Now I'll say this. Um, let's do this. Let's get to our dogs of the week, right? We're still going to do it. We haven't even talked about this. I've got two picks. So if you, if you take my first, I'll go with my second, Jacob, but, uh, let's go ahead and key this up. Let's, uh, let's get to our dogs of the week. All right, Jacob, who you got, man? Talk to him. I mean, it's gotta be Cobb, right? It's gotta be Cobb. <laughs> Cobb came up and, and, I don't know about you, but when I saw him make that over the middle grab where he, and uh, if you look back, Rogers threaded that. And I thought at that point, I was so confident, dude. I was so, I was like, it's, if you look back and do it in uh, an actual slow motion, one, two, three, four, five hands had to basically swipe that ball just to make it possible. Cobb picks it out of the air. He turns up and it looked just like that Bears uh last minute bears overtime win or was yeah. it that was an overtime win where the just keeps running and running and running i thought that was what's going to happen so and one more thing before we get to i know i'm i tried to be so positive amari rogers i'm sorry get rid of the guy cut him get him get him off the team i, I don't want him anymore the guy if you look at that if that that part return he didn't even get hit he was trying to move the ball as he 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 just coughed it up, man, and I'm sorry. They looked like uh, Watson returned the first kickoff, if I'm not mistaken, which makes it look like they're trying to phase Rodgers out. Watson returned the first kickoff, and everybody was like, "What? what's that going on? Um, I love Amari Rodgers. I wanted to hear Rodgers to Rodgers. One of the listeners sent that to me in a message. He goes, I just wanted that so much to hear Rodgers right. to Rodgers, and I said, I know, bro. I, I do, too. It just does not seem like it's going to happen. The guy's small, he's short, he can't hold the ball, and he can't run. So I don't know what you're going to do with Amari Rogers here. But, um, again, my dog of the week, <laughs> Randall Cobb. The guy's come back to life. you know. He, uh, and I, I, I really, really do think that he is a great player. He got targeted 13 times, got seven balls, 99 yards. I really wanted to get that hundo. Um, and if you look at the overall stats going into after this week, he's like he's in the top fifty, I believe, for uh, wide receiver yards. So he's not a he's not a, a you know an old dog here. He's I I would bet that he will end up with over a thousand yards receiving, maybe ten touchdowns if I had to be bold here. But because it yeah. seems like Rogers really loves him, he just. Um, for whatever reason, we couldn't. Uh, they couldn't connect at the end of the game, which would have been great because, you know, I, yeah. I, I'm just. Yeah, and, and you know the thing is, you gotta you gotta kind of build up that that credit. You know, the whole game, the whole second half, I should say, it felt like the Packers were playing from behind because they just kept doing. You know, it was like they couldn't make the plays in the key moments every single drive, and that's really what it came down to. As far as Cobb, man. Um, Randall Cobb having one of his best years ever. Yeah. If and he's got he's had he's had somewhat minimal snaps too. Today he got quite a bit of snaps. And Rogers mentioned that last week. He said, you know, Cobb's having a great year. We just got to get him on the field more. And you know, it it, it kind of is what it is. It is. You know, I mean, you you have got to the players that are responding. Those are the ones who need to be on the field. And you've got to do a better a better job of of scheming up a game plan, man. I mean, yeah. you just do. That's uh. They, to me, it felt like they, it felt like they got lazy. It did. So, all right, my dog of the week, and uh, <clears throat> excuse me, my voice is starting to go, man. Going on minimal go. sleep here. Hands down, my dog of the week is Preston Smith. Preston yeah. Smith showed up big time today. 
and he's one of the few pieces on defense that did. I mean, he had four tackles, but he had a sack. He had a tackle for a loss. He he had three quarterback hits today. I'm expecting him to have a very, very nice uh, PFF grade. PFF score, yeah. Yeah, I think Randall Cobb will have a nice PFF grade. Um, I'm really, really scared to see Elton Jenkins because every time I seen him, it was just ugly. I was and just going to say, dude, I was trying to find a way. We need to kick Elton Jenkins back into guard. I'm sorry. It just needs to happen, yeah. man. And we gotta, we have to test, like I said earlier, just throw Niosh out there and just see what happens. It just, it, yeah. it can't be worse than what it is now. And if it is, then we I have one game. And Yeah. To me, I think the damage that would be done, I, I respectfully disagree. The damage that will be done in shuffling the line around is going to be like, I could see it being catastrophic. Now, is Elton Jenkins a great right tackle? Absolutely not. And this this goes to the point about Yash for me. And and I understand where you're coming from because who else is going to do it if we move Elton? It's got to be Yash. It's got to be Yash or Royce, and we've seen what Royce can do, right? So I kind of feel like we're better off leaving Elton there and see if he gets comfortable because I just don't – I don't think Yash can just plug and play in the right tackle the way that Elton – has albeit you know at a bad level now i keep telling myself too jacob these guys are coming off these acls man this is every single time somebody recovers from an acl it's, it takes a full year to get back to where you were so maybe we're not getting a real good look on that either well um, and you look at bakhtiari and didn't ryan say that like he has zero missed run blocks he's zero missed pass blocks off of <laughs> I think it was but, like 101 snaps or whatever, but it's nothing to shake a stick at. But you know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. And I believe Yash also was the same thing. He did not have a, a pass rush attempt, or I'm sorry, a, a, a given up pass rush. But like you said, if you can plug, I, I like you said, we disagree. I want to see him go to right tackle. I want to see Royce get out of that lineup. Even though I love the mullet, I love the man. I want to see Jenkins right there in right guard, and I want to see what happens. And then um. I'm more than willing to be wrong on that situation. If Jenkins just can't, or I'm sorry, if Yash cannot handle the right tackle, you know, people right. think, like you said, that tackle's a tackle. Well, it's not. It's a whole different footwork situation. I, I, you know, I can do way better things with my right hand than I can do with my left hand. Imagine that as your left and right plant foot going against like Miles Garrett's of league or whatever it is. I mean, it's, it's a whole different. Yeah. Know, completely different situation so yeah and um, that and being I can said see, yeah i can see your point too what i was gonna say is um you know until you try you don't know no, no. until you try yash at right tackle you don't know so he he could he could be it wouldn't be the first time it's happened right that no. someone went from left to right and made it work it's just so rare that it does but yeah there's like i said man this uh i'm not coming away from this game going oh man the season's trashed i'm coming away from this game going you know what dude we we played a bad second half, a horrible second half, and we still only lost by five points. That's not an excuse. That's not to say that's okay, but um, this team is still capable of making a deep run. And uh, as it sits right now, if I had to pick, I would say we're now back down to twelve games as far as wins. Twelve wins. I can yeah, see I'd them still on twelve. Yeah, yeah, I'd even say that. Um, I would say that if we can become a second half team that there's no stopping us. There, I mean, literally, like, we've shown that we can come out of the gate and we can compete with anyone, basically. It's just the fact that we cannot put games away. I mean, that is just a, a simple fact. We we are the best starters and the worst finishers that I've seen. And that seems to be – I don't know if the stats will uh, 
Oh, geez, Geno Smith just got smoked. I don't know if that will be a, a forever kind of thing, but it just seems like a very – I don't know. It just seems like the Packers' MO for years and years is that we will we'll start hot, we'll go strong, we'll score in the second quarter, and then we coast. We we literally just put the coast on, and we do, we do not – seem to have any effort until the last drive and all of a sudden well we come alive rogers can hit everybody we're doing slants we're managing the clock right we're you know we're hurry up offense and it's like why aren't we doing this every single drive we could score 70 points if we just do this every single time i don't understand why the floor and i really do i'm getting sick of the floor being asked questions and he goes oh, yeah yeah, that's a good idea. Like, as if he's hearing it for the first time. I've said this before. It's like, oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, we should probably try that. Like, old, nice guy, Matt. Like, just, Matt, come on, man. Put some hair on your chest. Let's start being a little more uh, boisterous, please. We're at the 20, we're, we're at the 56 minute mark. So, right, let's get out of here. Hang up, but I want to say that that's the line of the day for me, though, because immediately I'm thinking Jacob wants him to go in there and flip the podium. He wants I him to be <laughs> I want him to start going like Stone Cold Steve Austin and just start Stone Cold Stunner people. <laughs> the glass break, right? Yeah, and man. Yeah. Jumping off the top or, ropes. <laughs> or, or a little Mike Singletary. I want winners. I want That's people right. who want to win. Right. Yeah. Hey. Exactly. Guys, listen. It was a sucky game, right? <laughs> I'm not going to say I'm surprised, right? You could, you could see that scenario playing out, but – um, if I had to bet the farm, I would have took the Packers and I'd be uh, sitting out on the curb without my pigs and my donkeys and all that good stuff. So, um, <laughs> all right. So I want to say this as we wrap up here um, next week, obviously one o'clock kickoff uh, against the Jets at Lambeau Field. Get back home, get your feet back under you. But the Jets won today. And if you think this is the New York Jets from the last couple of years, you've lost your mind. They're starting to turn the corner a bit and they're starting to play better. The Packers are going to have to come out and play an A game to get that win at Lambeau. Now, this first half of this, this Giants game really felt to me like, okay, this might be the blowout win that we need to really build some momentum. And then you come out in the second half and lay an egg. You just got to get back to the basics, man. You got to stick with running the ball. It's like they figured that out the last few games. Hey, you know what? We've got to keep running the ball. And it's been successful. And then today they just got tried to get too cute. We've all tried to get too cute at something at some point or another, right? I mean, that's just the way it is. So um, I'll do this. Uh, as we sign off, just want to say, listen, everybody on Twitter, calm down. Don't argue with other Packer fans. Yeah, we were that's... all disgusted by this game, right? And and I about got drugged into a couple of them. I went, nope, not today. You ain't getting me today. And I just, hey, have a nice day. Move it, on, move it along, right? But uh, it's a sucky win. Hopefully – we didn't depress you too much, but I do want to say this about this podcast. We don't want to just come in here and talk about the positives. If something goes wrong, yeah, I told you from day one, we're going to we're talk about it. Yeah, absolutely. Now, am I going to try to find the positive? You yeah. bet I am because I don't want to walk around miserable either, <laughs> right? So it is what it is. But, Jacob, thank you so much, man. I know this is a tough one to do, probably the hardest we'll have to do of the, of the entire season, but we pulled it off. Appreciate this. your time, man. And, again, guys, like I said, uh, go go check that out, my pinned tweet. Make sure you get yourself entered in that contest. doesn't cost a dime. All you got to do is follow the account, retweet it, and uh, and that will get you in a chance to win that Quay Walker autographed jersey. And also, if you want to donate to uh, to Ryan's Father's Ministry, you yes, can find that's that. Yes, that's a great cause. That would be awesome. 
Absolutely, man. I'm excited about uh, uh, doing some stuff to help there as well. So uh, that's what it all comes down to, guys. At the end of the day, this is just a game we all love. We get emotional about it. Sometimes it's funny takes. Sometimes it's takes that make you want to, you know, uninstall the Twitter app on your phone. <laughs> but uh, it is what it is. But appreciate you guys taking the time to listen to this. If you uh, if you download this on Monday morning out there on the grind, um, appreciate you taking the time. Hope you all have an awesome, awesome week. Take care of each other as always. Let's go out and be the change we want to see in the world. Go back, go. Messages to go. The Vader. 17 to 14. Cowboys out in front. Star begins to count. Takes the snap. Pass is picked off, and who is it? Big B.J. Raji for the touchdown. Pump fake. Wallace picked off. Nick Collins. Nick Collins on the return inside the 10. Leaps for the touchdown.